Hello, universe. Being in the hospital, I don't know how rambunctious I can get, and I certainly know how not high I am. And I also know, for the first time in my life, one thing I do not want to be declared is medically fascinating. Not a good look. Well, I mean, it's a good look. It'd be a good Halloween costume look, but not the kind of thing you want to be in a hospital. Pause. Well, hello, universe. It is, uh, oh, it's 12-16 on now the 5th of December. So I'm staying overnight in the hospital. And because I just took two temperature, consecutive temperature readings above 104, well, I may not be leaving here tomorrow. And I may, I may need some help. I have, I had no idea I was running a temperature that high. And I normally can pretty well say whether I've got a fever. So whatever's doing this to me has got my system all discombobulated. I don't even know. It's not like I keep my system combobulated. But nonetheless, being up here on the 8th floor of Denver General Hospital does give one a sense of tranquility. Not to mention it's frickin' warm. That's nice. And while I do worry about my cat, I don't worry that much. Because if I find her in the final throws, well, I know she'll have crawled into her drawer and done her the right way for herself. But if I find her peppy and alive with all that food, not knowing what to do, well, then we're going to have to get her some cat food and revel in the winds that it is to be out and about and, well, not necessarily healthy, but out and about? Sure. That's more than I probably should be talking in the hospital, so I'm going to go ahead and call it till tomorrow. Appreciate you listening. People in this hospital have been phenomenal. Literally. Best I could expect. And, I'm paused. The reality is, I've, uh, I've had a fascinating ordeal down here. And, as someone who had all the inclination toward a medical career, except the capability to deal with blood, um, I'm enjoying the community that has taken care of me as much as I'm enjoying anything about this. But, Having also realized that this is not the place to be doing podcasting. I'm going to wait until tomorrow. I'm going to get home. I'm going to get high AF. And then I'm going to tell you all about it. Pause. Hey, universe. I'm at the hospital. So it is time to get high. And this is episode 418 of It's All My Fault. And episode 420, well, that'll be a time to get high too. But man, have I ever been craving a bong hit since I left that place. Mm. I had a swallow of diet, zero-calorie, lemon-lime, select signature soda from Safeway. 
One down, one to go. Another town and one more show. Yes. We will not leave it. We will actually... <gasps> Kitty ate my bread? Okay, that's fine. Kitty can eat the bread. All right. So where are we at? What is this? What am I grabbing first? We are taking one nice big dab of Paper the Bruce. Pause. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh my. I mean, God, I love weed. All right. So I've decided that I'm, um, no, I didn't decide this. I just think <clears throat> from my last statement that from now on, when I'm just using the phrase, God, I love weed, like I use, Jesus Christ, that was dumb. Here's the thing. They're my two favorite interjections. I can't get rid of them. I've used them my whole life. I even tried to get rid of the JC one. It doesn't, it doesn't happen. <clears throat> and so I just eventually forget that I'm trying to get rid of it. And then I'm like, God damn it, I just said Jesus Christ. <laughs> so <clears throat> from now on, 90% of the time, I use God. Well, maybe 80% of the time. It's like, God, that was a good burrito. Or, God, I need to do some housework. Or, God, kitty, God. Um, and that's G-A-W-D. And when I'm speaking of the G-O-D concept, that will be noted specifically. Because every other instance, I'm just fucking around with words. And in, in the case of Jesus Christ, um, <clears throat> what do I want to say here? Jesus Christ gives me one thing to tell you. He does not care when we take his name in vain because he never existed. Pause. Unpause. He's an amalgamation, which in this instance means a collection and gathering of all myths of all time to create one synergistic story for all of us to lump ourselves into. So obvious is this, that I always thought, well, what the fuck's wrong with everybody? Now, not being a superior being myself, <clears throat> not being a superior haughty entity, um, well, I just let people be. I don't care what you want to believe. Believe what you want to believe. And so then, shit starts happening, right? Like the Bible said it would. And then the real big shit the Bible says is going to happen before something huger than huge happens is now happening. So, while Jesus Christ might not have existed, I think there's 10 to 12,000 years of wisdom that has been passed down that is coming to an apex. And... They did what they could. They sold it to us in as simple a story across every landscape they could. But the JC story is one that's ancient. <clears throat> because this time coming, they've known about it forever. Stop. Pause. Either one. It turns out, unpause. So that would have been a pause. This is um, a little bit of the latest delusion I'm piling on to what I can only call an epiphany of the spiritual nature that 
began occurring around 2010 to 2014 and then took root 2018, 2016, not 2016, not 2016. In fact, 2019 is the demarcation year when I pushed and oh, I don't know if I was all that in line, but things were happening. All right. So it's the, it's the, as we're headed into 2020, I'm starting to find myself um, <clears throat> connecting to mystical truth in my dreams or stumbling into it. And this is what's been happening since 2010 to 2020. You're just finding more and more resource information that opens your mind to things that you almost are remembering more than you're learning. And I hate to say shit like this because fuck you. And, um, and deservedly so. That's bullshit. You learn everything. You don't remember shit that you don't know. But I was. I couldn't deny that it was feeling that way more than occasionally. Especially with things to do with uh, the uh, lost, with Graham Hancock's work. I don't give enough people credit for the work that inspired me. And I need to start doing that. So there's number one. Graham Hancock has been a huge influence on me. But he and I were having the same ideas. When I went looking to see who else was thinking this way, he was dead on. And then came Randall Carlson. And when you put those two together, the scientist and the journalist, you start to have a pretty fascinating lead to follow. And down every rabbit hole I've been, looking to see what the real truth of our ancient past is. And while the information is scarce and the tales are thin, you start asking these things to the universe. The universe wants you to know. They don't want you not to know. If you're curious about something and you don't know the truth, the more of us that... Harmonize. The more power behind that request. Believe me the more the universe will start showing us our ancient past. Whether that be an earthquake in Nepal that uncovers the uh, Dali, or what, what's Shangri-La? I mean, there's just, and I'm not saying that's what I believe. I'm just saying we don't know what, what to believe because we don't know anything. We don't know the truth. Now, maybe nobody knows the truth. Okay, fine. Well, then can we start digging up Egypt? There's a place to start. And then let's get Gobekli Tepe uh, completely uh, <laughs> unearthed. And where's the new Tepe? The one that's uh, not in Turkey, but in Syria? Or maybe it's not in Syria, it's in Turkey? Whatever. There's another one. So maybe there are enough people now humming at the right vibration. Get this motherfucker moving. Because the truth doesn't lose. Ever. It may be obscured, but it can't lose. So if it's being intentionally downplayed. Well, guess what the universe likes to do? It likes to even that kind of shit out. So start thinking about the things we need to understand from our ancient past because the train is rolling. Pause. Okay, as proof of my terrible planning, and I'm a terrible planner. Like I knew I was going to the hospital. And I never once thought to myself, well, might they keep me overnight? I guess I did because I left one phone here all done. But I was like, when I get home, I'll record an episode. 
I mean, I, here's the thing. I did nothing right in preparing, except, okay, I did nothing right in preparing to go to the hospital yesterday, especially considering I stayed overnight. So, <clears throat> coming home to Feral Frankie was expected. I even my, made my dad stop to get cans of cat food. Um, but what's interesting is, A, she looked better. Like, really? She was moving around in the kitchen where I haven't seen her forever. Now, maybe she's just hunting mice. But I don't see any dead mice on the floor, so I think she was eating bread. That's fine. But she's not dead. She's not even worse for the wear. She looks better. So, got lucky there. Um, and then I did nothing right in terms of preparing my house should somebody need to come in here and grab me a pair of underwear and a fucking change of clothes. Had I had to stay there three nights? Two nights even, I'm guessing. But three for sure. I'm fucked. Because that means my mom... Well, not my mom. She's smarter than that. That means Jim and Em come into the house and have to deal with Frankie. She's been alone for three days. I mean, just sometimes my lack of of foresight is epic. Of the things that are right there to be seen. Like, if you're going to leave the house to go to a hospital, somebody needs to be able to come in and look on your cat in case they keep you a day or two. Oh, yeah, fuck, man. You're right. Well, what do we do? Okay. Murder Frankie. I mean, euthanize? Is that a better term? Pause. Unpause. And her... Uh, let's start another... Do you know I've only had one bong hit? How fucking high am I? And note to self and to every other fucking stoner in the world, it only takes a week off to give you a whole two-level plateau down. Now, yeah, you'll gain it back in a month. But dude, the highs you get for those two weeks are fucking phenomenal. And as always, pace yourself. If you're going to take a week off and cleanse your system a bit, get your THC levels to fall, and then you get high as fuck on your first dab after that, well, you should wait at least 10 minutes before you go for more. At least in my opinion. So now that I'm one dab in, and it's this good. We're going to do a little actual Bruce Banner and see how good it can get. But that, I know, is the last dab I'll take during this recording. And perhaps for the rest of the afternoon. And if not, I'll only be doing one more after that. Like, that's the level of cleanse I got out of my system from not smoking weed for just, what, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday? Five days. Roughly. I'm her. Oh, yeah. This one we're going to take together. Now, having to get the torch lit does not mean I'm going to make your rest of your time dead air. But,
I mean, that's just... Wow. Heavenly. I'm pause. I'm pause. I'm pause. All right, listen. Sorry for... Can you do that unless you're starting? You really fucking enjoy it. Um... Wait, what was I even talking about before that? Was it, I hadn't moved on to this. I have one phenomenon in my life that makes me um, curious every time. And that is the download all my catalog people. And it ha- has now happened about, I don't know, not 20 times, so somewhere in the teens. And it's like, uh, do you connect with an episode immediately? You just like my writing style and my blurbs. So you're like, yeah, but I mean, why would you download all 400 and whatever of them? I just, that's a lot of fucking space. So then it always makes me think, well, the NSA finally learned about me. Ah, Okay, Bruce, the banner ad works because I'm back on track, which means basically I shouldn't be talking about weed. The entire... Episode 420 is two episodes away. And I spent, what, 13 minutes talking about weed on this one? I even swore I wouldn't. But thanks to the overwhelming highness that came with it, well, I guess, note to self, I still love weed. Um, my hospital stay was exceptional for all of the people who gave me care. Like, I have never felt more listened to or, um, or everything you'd want from data to, uh, to uncertainty to, uh, let's walk through the whole 24 hours, but we'll do it fast because there's about four highlight points that are worth noting. And the first one is when I walk in and I'll admit I'm disheveled. I don't want to do this. I just want this to be over. I want them to tell me that I'm allergic to something or that I've got a, a bad tooth that's causing all this or whatever. That's what I'm hoping. That this is going to be a four-hour trip, max. Maybe a two-hour trip, in which case, let's get some what on the way home. <gasps> Tacos to Mexico. Oh, we should have fucking done that. We'll do it on Friday. Oh, but I'm getting oral surgery on Friday. I'm having teeth pulled on Friday. And when I say teeth, I say so because, yes, multiples. Um, All right. Working our way back to me getting outside to wait for my father to drive me to the hospital. Pause. So the fact is the motherfucker is only on time to tennis. He's late to everything else. Or he takes the extended circuitous route of life. In every other situation except tennis. Now, hey, I kind of respect that, really. If you know that the tennis courts are on a 60-minute clock, then fucking be there. But these are public tennis courts. And um, so there was a little... uh, um, Let's just say this. I think the last 10 times my father's been waiting to pick me up, I've not only been outside, but I've crossed the street because that means the direction from which he comes, he can just pull up and get me. And we'll go. In other words, I've grown impatient. And I don't think he even notices. Because another thing I'll say about only children, they never, ever think of anyone else first. They always think of themselves first. Now, they may think of the next person and think, oh, that person may have more uh, uh, value in this equation. Maybe they should actually prioritize. That's not something my father's incapable of at all. 
But his first reaction is, what's in it for me? Every time. And so when he <laughs> when he makes gestures like um, uh, going out of his way to um, to see if I'm financially uh, if, if I was financially hurt by this or whatever um, it helps me forgive his lateness but the idea that I thought he had turned his life into an on-time thing but no I mean now that I have talked to other members of my family no it's just me at the tennis courts so uh, note uh, filed I will always be on time at the tennis court and you will always be late picking me up. So, and what's 10 minutes late? Here's the thing. I do not give a shit. I live on island time. When I say 345, I do not mean 345. I mean at least 350. But now I always mean 345. I've tried to become an on-timer. And so in that capacity, um, I thought, my father and I were joining forces, but nope, nope. He's off lollygagging like he's on goddamn Bull Durham. All right. The uh, next thing that happens is we get to the hospital and I'm faced with the choice of, well, what the fuck door do I even pick here? There's emergency, there's urgent, there's outpatient, and then there's um, something else. Oh, and then there's general intake. And so I think... Well, I'll start there. So I walk in and she's like, you got to go to emergency. Doesn't even ask my, doesn't even wait for a question. Okay. Walk into emergency. They're like, you got to go to uh, urgent. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh, and I walk into urgent and I'm immediately greeted on the right by a security guard, which I hadn't been in the other two doors, which is, uh, I, I probably was, but didn't notice yet. Maybe that's, the response, they're just ready to get the people that don't belong there out. And this woman knew I had to be there, so she had to deal with me. Entirely possible. So I walk in, and there she is on the right, and she's like, hold on. And now I realize it's there's six people in the, in the lobby. And I can't figure out what the configuration here is, but a lot of people are waiting in line. And so I've just come at the wrong time. As a matter of fact, not only have I come at the wrong time, I've come at like 12.10. So right in lunch hour. So I get behind the woman that she's working with first, and then I'm going to be next. And so as I'm, and, and I have no belt because one thing that does give me allergic reactions, hundred percent, thousand percent, like I don't even wear them anymore are metal belts. And I couldn't find my plastic belt this morning. I don't know where the fuck it is. Another poor planning element. Next. Oh, and how I fixed it. Well, I just closed two of my uh, my belt loops. I tied them off with a straw, literally. I couldn't have looked more homeless. So I walk in. I put all my shit in the bowl or whatever, except my keys. I forgot I had my keys in my pocket, and they can very easily sit against my leg and not be noticed. So she tells me to go into the under the wand, and she's like, you got something metal in there. Stand still. She gets her little thing out and finds my keys. Okay, there's my keys. She's like, walk on... Walk back. Okay, you're good. And uh, she's got all my stuff. And now the the crowd behind me is is done. Well, it's not done. There's one person at the desk. And there's a woman answering her questions. Now, 
Obviously, I learned, but as a hospital newbie, somebody could have helped me here. But I immediately go take a seat. In fact, I'm so uncomfortable in all this situation that I'm like, okay, I'm here. Just fucking get this done. And um, in that push of reality, um, don't sign in. And the waiting room is now crowded. There's people in the interior and exterior waiting areas. So about 12, 15 people. And as they start to filter through and I start to think, now, who did I get in here before? Who got, came here after me? Well, the dude in the yellow did. Um, and I'm like, the dude in the yellow gets called. I'm like, huh? All right, cool. I must be next. Dude in the blue next to me gets called. I'm like, wait, that dude sat down like, I'm like, fuck, fuck. I go up to the uh, security guard that's there now. She's like, no, you, I'm just here to make sure you don't have a gun. You got to go sign in. Okay. So I go sign in and I'm like, hey, I got here late. Uh, or So they don't give a fuck. I look like I'm homeless. They think I came in, went to security, got my fucking uh, water bottle or whatever, and went and sat down so I could have an hour of peace of time. So they don't think I'm... So I end up waiting two hours just to get seen. And the first doctor labels me medically fascinating. Which, by the way, is something you very much do not want to get labeled. This is not a good term to have. Pause. And all along, the reason this has been curious is that I'm really in no other way impaired or encumbered, and there's really no pain. There should be more pain. There should be more sensitivity. There should be more um, out of the norm, like reaction there's no question my skin is warm, but I'm picking at it to the point they're like, how'd you hurt your nose? I'm like, what do you mean? I think I just picked skin off of it. It feels like a sunburn healing, but it's not. So they told me to stop picking my fucking face or I'll pick it off. And, well, they didn't say that. But, um, so what is it? What the hell is it? So far, they don't know. They can rule out nothing. So they start with the worst, which I think is sepsis, like something they'd have to intervene right now. They do me a sepsis or a steps, I don't know, a sepsis kit. I'm sent back over to emergency for a sepsis kit. And while I'm in urgent, three or four vials of my blood are drawn. And um, they do a finger prick and get two more little, like, I don't know, uh, tiny tubes. And so I'm... uh, now I headed back to emergency to get uh, the sepsis kit. And they're supposed to be ready for me. So when I walk into emergency, they are, in fact, ready for me. They're very ready for me. Three of them are ready for me. And they start going through the same... They ask me the same, almost exactly the same questions. To which I give exactly the same answers. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I woke up Friday morning looking like this. And you can push me... You can touch my face wherever you want. It's not painful. It's swollen. So nobody still has any answers. It's just a very strange condition to be at this level of, what is it? It's some facial, I don't know what it is. There's a medical term for facial swelling that they keep using, so I should have learned it. Uh, maybe I'll retain it if I get a little of this Bruce Banner out of my system. Oh, man, Bruce is good. The uh, 
the intake at ER is immediate because really they're set up for emergencies. This isn't a process where you have to uh, give them a fingerprint or whatever, right? So they have me back in a room in a matter of minutes. And now I'm in this big emergency, like where I assume the people come in and die from motorcycle accidents. And <clears throat> I mean, I'm literally thinking that. And, uh, and the nurse they assigned to me is, comes in maybe a minute or two after I've been there and, uh, is fantastic. Like again, the care level, except one new guy, but everybody else was just really good. And what was her name? I want to try to remember everyone's name if I can. It was, uh, Sophia. And the, <laughs> the comfort level I'm feeling is mostly because none of them are all that uncomfortable. They're fucking curious, though. They don't know what the hell's going on. And they're trying to figure out, like, I mean, so they're going to pull toxicity blood here and uh, see if somehow I've exposed myself to a toxin. The guy in urgent care tells me that's as easy to do as having a single pore open and the wrong counter toxin to your chemistry gets in. It can wreck you. I was like, it can? Bullshit. He's like, no, it really can. There are many cases. Don't go looking if you don't want to know. I was like, really? That's fascinating. A single pour? That's got to be what? I'm a, that's what? Technology from Sierra Leone? Perhaps. Um, <clears throat> my point is, I'm hearing more and more fantastical possibilities because they don't really know what the fuck to tell me. They know to get me on antibiotics, though. And they're going to keep me the fuck overnight because I think they need to do a battery of tests. And my white blood cell count is at 26 or something. And it's supposed to be max 20 and preferably under 15. I don't remember the numbers now. They were just telling me these were their concerns. And they, this is what they were going to immediately counter uh, attack to get me home, which was going to be the next day. I found out before I'm through the whole process of, ER. So I'm like, sweet, I want to stay a night. Um, but for the next four or five hours, there was a lot of just doctor drive-bys. Like you could see a couple of doctors would come by looking like they had something to look at and they'd turn and look at me and go, what? And literally they, they, either a quizzical look or just a stone face or just a, a quick glance and a, and a look away and walk, and walk on. Like, I was getting doctor drive-bys. I probably got eight or nine of them in, in the ER. And that, that's when they stopped, now that I think about it. But, again, I'm medically fascinating. Pause. Uh, unpause. Which, again, is something you don't want to be. Unpause. And I realized during the white blood cell chatter that I'm starting to line up my symptoms with what Max went through before my vet said he has to go down today. Which, by the way, now makes me sadder than ever. Because they didn't put me down. But they did put me through a night's worth of American Western medicine hospital care. So that's basically what they asked to do with Max if he wanted to maintain. So now I think to myself, would really a bag full of antibiotics, save max. And was that going to cost me $4,000? Why? 
Anyhow, um, <clears throat> here we are now moving me from the ER, like, intense area to what I can only call the ER uh, already cleaned area. Because now it's probably mm, 6, 7 o'clock, and all I can hear are people cleaning. I mean, upstairs, downstairs, and around. And I'm lucky enough to catch a menu in my room for food that says, order by 7. I'm thinking, well, fuck, man, that's in 12 minutes. So I walk out into the hall. There's nobody. I'm alone. I'm literally alone. I think, well, at least let me pee. Where's the bathroom? So I walk. I immediately turn right. That's the direction I came in from. I know not to go to the right because that's also the direction I came in from. So I go left. Still nobody. Walk another hallway. Still nobody. Take a left. Oh, well, there's a bathroom. Use the head. Come out. Go back to my room. As I come out to go back to my room, now somebody's at the desk. Fuck yeah. Hey, do you know if I can order food? Uh, yeah, but you got to do it now. I was like, that's not a problem. <laughs> so I get uh, dinner, which is terrible, but doesn't matter. I was hungry. So the pita and hummus that I did eat was fine. The, uh, uh, yeah, the tomato basil soup was cold. I mean, come on, man, not cold soup. Anyhow, that was the only disappointing thing at all. And it wasn't even that disappointing. It was fine. The breakfast was good. It was all fresh fruit. But the uh, the quick order in overlooked things like, oh, I guess I could have had a grilled cheese. Oh, look at that. I guess I could have had a grill. Uh, they had a crouton medley uh, Caesar salad, which looked awfully good. Just don't put that chicken in it. All these things that I could have done, I'm starting to think as I look at the menu for breakfast because I'm starving. Here's another thing about my poor planning. I didn't fucking think to eat. I'm starving. I just had some shitty peat on, some worse hummus and a carrot. And that's going to get me through. Plus, no, I'm just like thinking about food. And there's there's nobody around. There's I mean, it's now uh, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. Nobody, nobody. I've seen nobody. And... I'm thinking, man, like, I don't know how to call a nurse. Like, I'm so naive about hospitals that I don't really realize that the reason the fucking stupid, uh, uh, what is that, the water channel, where they show uh, seascapes, it's the noise I hate. I can't stand that noise. That, and it is not the ocean. Don't give me that. It's some made-up tranquility sound. Well, because I had hit um, power on a on a paddle that I thought was to call help. No, it was to turn the fucking TV on. But I didn't realize I'd done that. And just I'm I'm useless in a hospital room, and uh, so I'm frustrated with myself and the fact that they left me alone because nobody's helping me at all. And every time I have to pee, I keep going all the way to that fucking bathroom. So. <clears throat> the move me upstairs time finally comes and it was supposed to be, I thought at seven o'clock, but it comes at 11. No, it comes at midnight, it comes at midnight. And these two really nice nurses, male nurses come down and get me and push me all the way to the elevator. I'm like, do you want me to walk? Why are you guys? Pu-? No, you have to be pushed. All right, fine. 
So I'm getting wheeled around like an old lady in the airport. And um, I get off the elevator in the up, upper floors. And the first thing I notice is the smell of the wood. I'm like, oh, wood floors? God, that smells good. <laughs> and I've never had a reaction like that to wood, which makes me think how sterile of an environment must a hospital really be where the work's being done that has to just be done daily. Like, try to save the life of those motorcycle accident victims, right? Okay. Not to be morbid, because now it's midnight, and I'm thinking, oh, I wish I was sleepy. Oh, it was so uncomfortable down there. And it was cold. It was cold. I was freezing. I had my sweatshirt and my jacket on as blankets, because I was freezing. That's another thing. But I'm not really complaining. I'm just thinking, I'm sick. Because when they take my temperature, it comes out 105. I'm like, no, no, wouldn't I be melting? And so they go get a thermometer and they take my temperature and it's 101. I'm like, okay, that's the way it's got to be done now because the same thing happened over in uh, in uh, urgent care. I don't think my skin currently is in condition to be red as my heat source. My forehead doesn't work. You have to put it in my mouth. And you could put it up my butt, but none of us want to do that. So for the rest of the night, they're going to take my temperature via a thermometer. Great. Love you. Then the next thing... Uh, that I convinced them of is that I could really use a few more blankets and they bring a ton. I mean, I'm tucked in like mom better. I'm like a, Oh man. And I'm just, and, uh, Winnie and Jane were, I mean, when I was at my most uncomfortable was when Jane found me because I'm just, it's now two in the morning. I can't sleep for shit. And, She's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I just, I don't know. I just, I'm not sleeping. Every time I try to get close, it just ventures off. She's like, well, let me, let me, let me, are you okay taking some sleeping medication? What do you normally take? I'm like, I don't take that shit. I just don't. I drink water. She said, okay, well, I'm going to put a package together of melatonin, um, oxycodone, whatever the, not cotton, the 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 light one for pain and Tylenol. Uh, I think it was. No, it was something else. I don't know. Who cares? Um, melatonin, oxycodone. Yeah, and I think Tylenol. And I said, great. And she gives me this little pill packet 10 minutes later and 15 minutes later or five minutes after that. I'm already knowing I'm going to fall asleep because I'm getting dreamy visuals. It's like it unlocked my mind. Strangely. Because the reason I really couldn't sleep wasn't so much the pain, but just the, the sense of thought. Dull, not dullness, just suppression. Or like I, like I couldn't break through. I don't know how to put it. I'll think about this one because this is too esoteric for this part. On to... Four o'clock in the morning when, bam, my fucking light I've never even seen before, sun above my head goes up. And uh, somebody comes in and says, I need blood. I said, okay. And takes three or four more tubes of my blood. And then turns off the light and leaves. So I never get more sleep after that. But I did get some sleep thanks to Jane and 
Jane and Winnie were by far the best uh, of the experience, but I'm not selling short uh, uh, Sophia. I'm not selling short Dr. Nguyen. I'm not selling short anybody. They were all great. Everybody was helpful. I did bite the finger of Boyd, who I feel bad about. I mean, that's terrible. That's how little I go to the dentist. But my point is, everywhere I went, I got exceptional, exceptional care. And this is the hospital where you get in a fight under the bridge, you end up here. So if this is what Denver is offering, it's least affordable. Well, that's pretty high level of care. I mean, it's a really high level of care in my opinion. So bravo to the Denver General Health System. I think it's a fantastic system. Now, watching the sunrise on the eighth floor is wonderful. It just kept getting twinklier and lighter and lighter. And then it was just, you could see everything. You could see the mountains. I mean, it was just, wow, what a view. (laughs) What a fucking view that it's been here all night. And now I'm just realizing how good it is. And I feel like, okay, I don't feel all that much better. And then uh, I realize that, oh, hang on, pause. I'm pause. Okay. Um, the, <laughs> the, uh, oh, right, I'm, I'm a little high for this thought, which in stoner talk is I'm way too fucking high to talk about this right now. So let's go back to my getting through the day because we're almost there. So I don't feel that much better, which makes me think, oh, fuck, man. Like, if there's no improvement, are they going to let me go? And the next nurse that comes in is here to do my um, weight, height. I'm like, yeah, where the fuck has this been? And uh, and so weight and height. Into the corner, uh, I weigh 160 pounds, and my height is five foot nine and an eighth. Officially. I mean, we can go with another if you want, but that's my height officially at the hospital. Five foot nine and an eighth. They put five foot nine, by the way. Well, they should, because I'll be five foot nine by next, what, spring, uh, if I'm lucky. Um, and then she comes in and redoes my generic uh, white blood cell. She does the two little tubes. I don't even know what those are. She comes back 10 minutes later and says, well, your white blood cell counts look a lot better. And I realized, oh, yeah, that's the big variable that they're concerned about. Okay, great. Great. What's my temperature look like? She's like, well, we got it at 98.1. You do? All right. And uh, that's actually a, a bad read because they had the wrong data, but whatever. Like, in fact, now I'm thinking, oh, I am going to get out of here. So do I feel better? And I go look at myself in the mirror for the first time since what? I came into the room. Yeah, because I had peed. Um, and I am covered in dry skin. Like, cl- clearly my swelling is breaking. It's cracking. Its top layer is going. It is like a sunburn healing. But the way this swelling is healing is it's healing in micro fractures like that are a quarter of an inch wide. And if I pick at them, which I can because they're easy to pick at and they do itch, Well, I'm just picking off parts of my face that 
will then allow me to dig deeper. And so, in other words, I can't touch my fucking face. And I've got to take my temperature every day now till the end of the month. Because if a spike in temperature happens where I'm in 104, 105 territory, which they had two valid readings overnight, they took a 104.1 and a 104.7. I looked at both of them and said, fuck, man, I've never seen a temperature that high for myself. Anyway, so the concerns are still there, but they didn't keep me overnight. Another one. And I forgot to mention one of the greatest things about the urgent care doctor, which, what was his name? Oh, I won't come up with it. But he I, he wanted to send me to ER in a fucking ambulance. <laughs> I'm like, hang on, hang on. I've, I've walked past ER, back to the general admission, over here to urgent care. And now you want to take me in an ambulance to go the 50 feet back to the ER? Are you joking? He's like, yeah, I know. It's fucking stupid. But if you die walking across that, give me a waiver, sign whatever the fuck it is that you do to let people walk 50 feet. Comes back a minute later on the form. And uh, I obviously made it safely. Told him I'd text him when I got there if that'd make him feel better. Um, and he laughed at that. We, I mean, it was just such a good camaraderie. I wasn't a dick. Because I really wasn't... I didn't want to be... This is a situation in which they still don't know what the fuck's happening. I don't know what the fuck's happening. This is nothing like I've ever been through before. So, I get, um, I get the, uh, I get the feeling that they're going to discharge me. And that's when Dr. Nguyen, who I kind of think is a doctor because he comes in and he casually sits at the station of computers and he's got a white coat on. Nobody's had that on yet. So, it's a very suspicious character. Well, after I think reading through all the notes that he has to read through about my daily jaunt through the Denver General Health System so he can actually have a conversation with me, he finally gets up and comes over and says, Hello, I'm Dr. Nguyen. I said, Well, hello. I hope you're the guy that's going to release me. He's like, Well, how do you feel? You look, I know, this is the very definition of I look way worse than I feel. He's like, Okay, let, let me, uh, I need to give you some physical exam. And now they're giving me the same thing, but they're doing it with extra pressure, extra like time. I can tell that it's like, okay, listen, you say he's, he's not reacting, but who? let's show me, show me three variations on it. And so this guy's manhandling me and it, it's like, okay, yeah. You want to give me a back rub while we're at it? It's just, there's no pain. And he's like, and it's been this way since Friday. I was like, no, Friday and Saturday, the left half of my face was p more painful. But when I would, holy crap, when I would um, lie on the right side of my face, I was actually pretty okay. And as long as I'm up and doing stuff, I'm okay. But as soon as I get fevery or nauseous and all that stuff was going on the first couple of days, well, it's more than I could handle. So I've really spent the two days thinking, fuck, man, I hope this is an allergic reaction. I hope it's better tomorrow. And I'll sleep it off. That's been my whole life when I'm ill. If I get ill, I just sleep. And I always have. And it's always worked. Until this. So, this story now, having been told five, six times to different doctors, he says, well, with the white blood count and all this going in your favor, I'm, we're not going to keep you. But here are, the, here are the things now that December concerns. 
And this, so they start giving them this list of stuff like take your take daily temperature and if anything exacerbates, be back here immediately and you don't go anywhere but to emergency care. This kind of stuff. Oh, and you're going to go see our oral surgeon. Who's going to pull some teeth on Friday? And it was such a smooth and simple way to get myself through the first real need for medical care I've ever had. Mental health does not count here, let's be honest. But for medical care, that was one of the biggest bridges I'd never crossed. Being ill enough to think I needed somebody else to help me get better. Up till now, I've always thought, water, sleep, and fucking exercise, baby. Let's see how sick it makes me. And then this happened. And it makes me think, well, if I do end up with some person having to wipe my ass when I'm 96 with Alzheimer's, the American medical system isn't in such shabby shape. At least not here in Denver.